don't be disheartened. Don't be discouraged. Because with every calling, there's a process. You don't just get called and you're in it. There's a process. Maybe it's the grace of God that you're not doing what she's doing because it would kill you. Well, hey girls, welcome to Brave Heart Talks. We're so glad that you've tuned in today, wherever you're listening, whether you're in your car, you're having a brew, you're doing the washing, come and join us on today's conversation. I'm Megan and I'm joined with Pastor Emma Bryant. How you doing? All good, Meg. Ready, good? ready to go. You ready to go? I've got a fun question to start the conversation off with. I do not like these fun questions. Come on, we've got this. So if in. you were stuck on an island... And you can only take one thing, what would it be? But it can't be a Bible. Because I know that. <laughs> <laughs> not only you would say that. Oh my gosh. One thing. My false eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorted. I can take on anything. I got I my eyelashes. I apologise to my husband. Apologise to my kids. Yeah. I need these. these are I don't know who me. I'd be seeing if I was stranded on desert islands. No one to actually even look at. <laughs> But you've got your eyelashes. I love that. I don't know what I would bring. Who knows? What would I bring? (laughs) I'm going to ask you one of these. I'm doing the fun Throw me. I'm going to throw you (laughs) under the bus with some of these. Oh, well, hey, let's get into today's conversation. I'm excited about today's conversation. It's all around this idea of your calling and this idea as well of the waiting season. So it's kind of a mixture of both. So let's get straight into it. You know, the Bible talks a lot about your calling and God's call on people's lives. So for you, Emma, you know, at this stage of your life, you know, it's clear to see what God has called you into. You know, you've, you've been called to start Live for One Church. You were called to start Braveheart the ministry. But have you always sense this because sometimes for us when we're younger it's hard to know you know know whether we can see what God's got on our future so did you always sense that that was your call absolutely not absolutely not I was um saved as a child gave my life to Christ you know as a as a young child and and I think the word calling can confuse a lot of people yeah. because it it almost, we make it so super spiritual and then people get really hung up and I don't know what my calling mm. is. I don't know what my calling is. So did I always know that I was going to pastor a church? No. Did I always know, you know, I'd be leading a women's ministry? No. None of the, none yeah. of those things at all. In fact, neither Luke or I come from parents who've been in ministry. We've grown up in Christian households, but most of the people that I know who are in leadership in ministry all came um, from parents oh, who were also in ministry. And so it was like a, a natural passing on of the baton. And so they'd all uh, learned the ways of you know, leading churches. And so it really came left to field yeah. for me. So have I always known God's calling on my life? No, but mm-hmm. I've always sensed his drawing. Yeah. And what I've come to realize is that the drawing and the calling are one and the same. Mm. And so I can recognize in my life, reflecting back, the way that God's presence has drawn me, even when I've wanted to go off on my own, even when I've wanted to do my own thing, even when I've made all the mistakes, I've had this inner drawing to God, to his word, to church. I've had seasons of my life where I've wanted to walk away from church and not be part of the local church, but there has always been a drawing. And what I've come to understand is that drawing is God 
establishing my purpose. He's pulling me towards my purpose. So he's getting ready to use me. So you're, the drawing is his positioning to use you for your calling. Yeah, I love that. And that's the best way so to describe good. it. Now, Paul says, the Apostle Paul talks about God calls us with a holy calling. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard that so over-spiritualized. Like, and I would be the one like, how do I know what my calling is? What if I live all my life and I never fulfill my calling? Yeah. But you know, when I call my kids, I call them because I want them to do something. You know, I call out their names when I want to get their attention. And usually I want them to do a task yeah. or I want them for something. That's exactly what you're calling this with God. Yeah. It's God, when you sense that drawing, you know, and that drawing can feel anything like, I can't stop playing this worship song. It's on repeat all the mm. time. That's a drawing. Yeah. I really love reading my Bible right now. I'm really taken by this scripture or this story. That's a drawing. Mm -hmm. When you get excited to be in and around the house of God and you have some great edifying conversations with your Christian friends, that's a drawing. And anytime you sense that drawing, that is God exposing you to a holy calling. Wow. And actually, Paul goes on to say that we mustn't treat that lightly, but actually we must treat that with, re with respect. Um, and and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for every mm -hmm. single one of us. Yeah. Uh, no one's left out. He doesn't select a few people to have a calling yeah. and others don't. We all, all get called by God. It's whether we choose to listen and follow the drawing or not. Yeah, wow. I love that. I love that perspective of it, the, the drawing and, you know, just how God draws you to different things. Emma, just quickly, because some of those listening, you know, they don't know the, your full story. So what were you doing, you and Luke, before you went into full-time ministry? What was... Well, I married a policeman yeah. and he married someone who was in um, hair and beauty industry. Love that. And so they were our careers. Yeah. Mine was less of a career because when was the children were coming along, I did less and less um, salon work. Um, but... Luke was on a real career path in the police. Yeah. And, um, but you know what? We were both very passionate about the things of God. God mm. was the priority in our life. And at that time, we were leading worship in the local church that we were planted in and very, very um, involved mm. there. Didn't you say so, you done like the kids' ministry as well? Oh, yeah, we did, we did <laughs> kids' that. ministry together. We have been the couple that have, you know, us with a group of other people um we yeah really had a finger in every pie the yeah. hospitality the leading the worship um we were both given opportunity at a younger age to teach and speak within the church and and really that's our careers was what we did yeah. to sustain our life to be able to pay the bills yeah, and raise yeah. the children but actually our heart yeah. was always immensely immersed yeah. in the house of god and yeah. the things so of god. you've both gone from working in sort of the secular world to then going into full-time ministry but yeah you know full-time ministry isn't for every christian it's not going to be god's call for everyone so what other spheres have you seen people like or god call people into and what other things have you seen on you know, other people's lives that they get? That's a great question. And I think because many people um, always think that 
if I'm going into the ministry, it literally means that I'm going to give up my job full time mm. and I'm going to go and work, work for Jesus, work for yeah. the church, whatever that looks like. And first of all, can I just say, don't just quit your job. If you think you are called to full time ministry, mm-hmm. that is foolishness. Even the Apostle Paul carried on making tents yeah. whilst he was going around talking about the gospel because he understand practically I need to earn a living. You can't live off nothing. And some people say, well, I just live by faith. But mm-hmm. you know what? That's foolishness because even if the apostles or the disciples had to keep on working to sustain themselves so or we, and even in the first few years of doing church, we were both still working. I mean, Luke was full on in the police shift work and everything. But in the midst of that and me working and raising a small family, we were able to plant and establish a church. I've known Luke to come off night shift and go straight, come straight to the church and preach, you know, a full on message. Because I think, you know, what, um, what fuels you, feeds you, sustains you and, the word of God, the house of God, it fuels us. Yeah. And so we were so passionate about getting this great work established mm-hmm. that we just did all that that yeah. we could. So a lot of people think, you know, ministry is, I'm going to be a worship leader. Yeah. I'm going to be um, an evangelist. I'm going to be a preacher. And we assume, or oh, I'm going to go off and, you know, um, be a missionary somewhere. But actually, ministry is what we are all tasked with the minute you say yes to becoming a follower of Jesus. You are in ministry. It's not about dropping your work and, Mm -hmm. you know, just going to work for the local church. It's not about that. It's actually being able to identify and find Jesus in any equation of life. So your workplace, it's your mission field. If you're in a house full of young children, it's your mission field. Mm -hmm. When you're the mum at the school gate, it's your mission field. When, you know, whatever you are in life, you don't have to leave your regular life to go and find where you Mm -hmm. need to be doing ministry. You are called Mm -hmm. to to bring encouragement and to edify and show people the love of God through the life placement where God has you right now. And once you begin to flourish in that area, if God wants to lead you on to something else, you'll just find doorways that begin to naturally open. And I love that because, you know, some people do you know, consider ministry as it has to be your nine to five or, you know, that's your full time job. But for, for me and my husband, for example, you know, he's works in marketing, you know, all the way throughout the week, I'm a secondary school teacher and we count it a blessing that God graces us to do that, but also help out in the local church and build the local church. So I yeah. just think actually, you know, it's a blessing that, and that we can do both. And that for some people, you will always balance the both yeah. of like pouring into the local church, but also having that job on the sides and then raising the kids and God does grace you. It's busy, but he does grace you for yes. it. And like you said, you get energized from it anyway, God, cause it's yeah. your calling. And just on that Meg, God, 
does grace you for whatever he's called you to do. Yeah. So you can't ever look at other people's callings and go, I want to do that because yeah. it's not a career. Yeah. It, it, it's really not a nine to five. Mm-hmm. It's a vocation. It's something that you, your entire life is given over to. Yeah. Um, but for those of you that think, you know, oh, I don't have a ministry call on my life. Let me just read you this scripture because it's brilliant yeah. scripture in 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 26, it says, this is Paul speaking. He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of us was wise by human standards, Mm. which kind of just makes me laugh. (laughs) Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble at birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the wise the strong. And I just think we need to be mindful. God is not looking for people that know Mm, the Bible inside out and upside down. He's not looking for the intelligent, the smart, the most talented, the most gifted, the most educated people. He is simply looking for people who choose to walk more by the spirit Mm -hmm. than by the flesh. He's choosing people who whatever environment they're in in life, they're going to choose to 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 walk out the love of God when they're walking amongst others. Yeah. So that's great that's news. The we don't have to be intelligent. Thank the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this because for some people, um, they sense a specific calling on their life, but yet they're not quite there yet. Because with every calling, there's a process. You don't just get called and you're in it. There's a process. And we sometimes call that the waiting. It's in the waiting. That's when the process is happening. So what would you say for people who they sense a call on them, but they're not quite in the calling yet. They're not quite doing what they see God doing on their life right now. It's the waiting season. What what could they do in the waiting season? Okay. Um, first of all, God gives us gifts and talents. They're not something that we earn. And these are all part to do, in part to do with our calling. Um, it's like if he's gifted you as a musician, then one day he's going to call you to platform to lead and teach others in worship. He's not going to gift you as a musician just to never do anything with it in your Mm. life. If he's gifted you with a mouth that's able to talk and articulate, there's going to be a time when he calls you and he's going to want to use that mouth. Mm-hmm. Whatever gift and talent, and I really mean whether it's singers and dancers and musicians or whether it's builders and sculptors and artists mm-hmm. and, you know, God is a creative God and all of our creativity came from him to us, something that he embedded in us. And I do believe that there's many people that will live and die and will never have used their God-given gift or talent for his purpose. In other words, God doesn't revoke or take away his gifts. God doesn't revoke what he's called you to. The choice is, are you listening and are you willing? Because it is a sacrifice. Mm. I'm not going to follow my plans for my life. I'm going to follow your plans for my life. And honestly, having done it both ways, (laughs) I can tell you only one way works. It's like God's way every time. So to answer the question, what does it maybe look like in that waiting season? The best way I can articulate this is to share a story maybe from my own life. Because now I question God and I'll say to God, how come 
I'm doing what I'm doing now at this age and stage in my life. How come I wasn't doing this when I was 30? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I would have had more energy. I would have, you know, it would have been better for me. But God has really been able to show me some stuff recently. Prayers that I prayed in my teens and my 20s that I'm only just seeing the answers to now that are absolutely coming into fruition. The best way, I think, for me to sort of give you um, a little bit of an idea on this is this quote from Nanny McPhee, would you believe it? But years (laughs) ago when I went to see Nanny McPhee at the cinema, she says this quote, line and it just resonated with me because I just thought this this is how God works. Nanny McPhee said, there is something you should understand about the way that I work. When you need me, but do not want me, then I must stay. But when you want me, but no longer need me, then I have to go. Now, God doesn't ever go. But I think what I'm sort of saying is it's like when you want the platform or the position or Mm -hmm. to be doing the things or doing the work, it's never the right time. That's a real indicator. When you want it, it's not the right time. Yeah. And when you all of a sudden don't feel like you need that in your life, <laughs> God opens the door and there you find yourself. Yeah. I remember as a teenager being absolutely, you know, when you get a worship song that just sticks with you, mm-hmm. it's, it becomes like an all time favorite and you can't stop playing it over and over again. There was a song that I had repeat on repeat in my late teens. And the lyrics were this, refine as fire. I'm not going to sing it to you. (laughs) Refine as fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy and ready to do your will. Yeah. And they were the lyrics. And I would sing this song over and over again. There was a real drawing I was attracted to this song this song pulled me in Mm -hmm. but I did not understand what the lyrics were but I couldn't stop re-singing refine as fire my heart's one desire is to be holy set apart ready to do your will and as a teenager and in my 20s I would sing it again and again and there's a scripture in Malachi that talks about God takes our life through a refiner's fire. Mm-hmm. And when he takes us through a refiner's fire, it's the same picture as when they're trying to purify gold or silver, they go through a, a refining fire. A refining fire is so hot that what happens is all the dross burns off Um gems, stones, gold, silver, and what you're left with is purity. So you're left with pure gold. But the only way they can get to the pure gold is to burn off the dross through the refiner's fire. And in Malachi, God says, that's what I want to do with your life. I need to find the pure heart. And the only way that I can find the pure heart is by letting you outlive and live in some of these refining fires experience. Let me tell you, the refiner's fire is uncomfortable and the refiner's fire at times feels like God has abandoned you. Mm -hmm. But actually that which you think is working against you is in fact God preparing you for what he wants to use you for in your future. So now when I look back on the years of my life, I understand the lyrics to the song. Yeah. 
I'm like, God, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. No. I didn't know I wasn't ready. I thought I was, but you needed to test me in the refiner's fire. Yeah. You needed to know that when life got hard, I wouldn't quit or mm-hmm. give up on you or your church or your leadership in my life. Yeah. And so you've had to allow the dross on my heart to rise to the surface so you could deal with it. Mm-hmm. The dross of my heart was mistakes. It was wrong decisions, yeah. wrong directions that I went in and choices that I made. It was unforgiveness. It was all those kind of things. But I'm not perfect. None of us will ever mm-hmm. be perfect. But when he felt my heart was at a place of purity, yeah. that's when everything began to open up for me. I love that. So in the waiting, let me just say that in the waiting, yeah, don't be disheartened, don't be discouraged Mm -hmm. and don't think because you're not doing what you feel you should be doing in your heart that God's forgotten you. Actually, what he's doing is he's preparing you Mm -hmm. ready to open up a doorway, a platform, an opportunity to display you for his glory. Yeah, I love that. So in these seasons, they're refinement seasons. But also, Emma, let's talk about this because we mentioned this the other day, how actually we're in the waiting season, some lessons that you've learned as well. And we've identified that a lot of people live in this, what, you know, the, what do you say, the when next or in the next season it's this yes. or not to live in that place of what do yeah. you say you say so everybody's wanting to live in the then and we're not living yeah. now and how important it is yes. to actually you know your future is now talk about that because I know what you said to me the other day it was really challenging how actually we need to stop thinking about what's next and actually live in the now and the future is now honestly I believe we can waste a lifetime yeah. by living in the what's what's going to be next you know we want to live then and we don't want to Mm -hmm. live now and it's very very frustrating and I think I've made these mistakes in the past and I also think it it does waste so much of life because you procrastinate now waiting to do something exciting then and whenever you get to then Mm um whenever you get to then it's never quite how you thought it would be anyway yeah and And so what happens is we put all our focus into, well, when I get married, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this and I'm going to, and this is how it's going. When I have children, this is how my life's going to look and it's going to be this, it's going to be that. Uh, Or when I go on holiday or when I get the the pay rise, it's the one day when, that's what it is. It's We're always living in one day Day when. when. And all the time that we're living in one day when, the clock is ticking. And time is the most precious thing that God has ever given us because, you know, you can take the car off me and I'll get a new car. You could take my shoes off me and I'll get a new pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. I could lose a friend through circumstances and I'll get another friend but the one thing I can never ever get back is time yeah once time is gone it's gone it's so precious yeah and that's a challenge for all of us so you know definitely in that waiting season um speaking to this because for some of us we have this idea of what God's calling us into we think we understand what's in our future and we think we know God's direction for us. But what if something we're hoping for isn't actually God's plan? Like, how do we better discern that? Like, am I just hoping for something that's actually not in God's plan? Like, how do we discern that better? Like, is what I'm hoping for actually in God's plan? Yeah, 
if you if your heart is right before God, then you know we we, we have something in our um, we have something under our belt that the world does not have. Uh, the world does not have. Okay, so in the world by the world's standards, everything has to go through a thought process. We have to figure it out in our mind. We have to have a plan of action. We have to strategize. And I'm all for that. And I am a strategizer. I'm a planner. I don't do anything just off a whim. But we also have the leading of the Holy Spirit, which resides in our heart. It's that unction. It's that pull. It's that. mm. And so the best thing that you can do is do all that is in your heart to do. Pursue what's in your heart. And I'm talking now specifically if you are a Christ follower follow what is in your heart to do because that is the place that God speaks to you. Scripture tells us that we make our plans, Mm -hmm. but the Lord orders our steps. He's a big enough God that if you get it wrong, he will direct your steps so long as you remain in in tune with him. I think the worst thing that we can do is sometimes we, we don't like the redirecting that God is doing, so we choose to ignore it because I really am attracted to this guy mm-hmm. and I really want to be with this guy. Yeah, but this guy is making some really dumb decisions and this guy is taking you further away from the things of God. He's, it's not good. And God sees so far down the road, he's like, this is not great for your future. So though we make our plans, we've got to be wise enough to allow God to always order Love our that. steps. And that's really, really important you remember when um abraham and lot had to split because their both their camps were too big and there was there was arguments and fallings out and they they realized they had to go in separate directions and abraham said to lot you you choose which way you want to go you choose left or choose right it's up to you the and the reason abraham said that to lot was he was confident Whichever way I choose, God's with me. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to pray, Lord, yeah. do I need to go left or right? Abraham was saying, just you choose yeah. and whatever you don't choose, I'll go with that yeah. because I know that God is with me. Mm. And I think as a follower of Christ, we don't need to stop at every junction in life and be praying and fasting and Lord, is yeah. this your will? I think we just have to have a knowing on the inside. It's like that split second knowing I'm supposed to be doing this. That's the right decision. The problem comes when we procrastinate over a decision mm. or we we think about it for too long. We talk ourselves out of it. And so, yeah, yeah. it's really important that we follow God. Yeah. And I've made mistakes on my life. I've made some huge mistakes in mm. my life. But God is so faithful. Yeah. That is being able to bring me back on track every yeah. time. I think sometimes we think life is like snakes and ladders. And once you go down a snake, you're back at the bottom of the board and you've mm-hmm. got to start all over yeah. again. God will put you back on the board exactly where you fell off. Mm-hmm. And so he's a big enough God. So don't fear. Yeah. The worst thing you can do, Meg, is nothing. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that you can do is sit inactive. Just keep praying. God, if it's your will, 
You'll open a door. You'll make it possible. God's drawn to action and he can only move. And God would rather you made the mistake than you did nothing at all. Do you yeah. remember the story of the talents? Mm-hmm. And he was, the master was really displeased with the one who hid the talents in the ground. And he was so worried about getting it wrong, spending the money, that he just decided to hide it. And the master called him a wicked servant and said, what you've done was foolish and what you've done is wrong. At least have a go at making money with the money that I've given you. Mm -hmm. Because if that investment went wrong, at least you tried and we'll go again. Yeah. So yeah, God is always drawn to movement. Love that. Love that. Hey, let's talk about this because it is, you know, a women's podcast. So I think we need to make it specific for us ladies and how we are wired. And I think, you know, we'd all be lying if we said we never compared our lives to others. Mm. And let's talk about this because then God's got different calling for different people. He's got different grace on their life, different timing, different, you know, he might, for some people, they might go into their calling quicker than others. And so with that, how do we not become jealous of other people or other women's calling? Because like we said, like God's got a time for everyone. You could be, you know, looking to your friend who the same age as you, but is not in a, you know, in different life placement as you, and you can start getting jealous or, so speak into that because I think we can all need some help on this in time to time, just with our, you know, jealous spirits. Yeah. And I know we've touched on this several times, but, and it is a topic and you are right, particularly in women that will boomerang again for as long as the earth keeps spinning. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it right back in the book of Genesis. We see comparison and jealousy between Leah and Rachel mm-hmm. and the, it's, It just goes on and on and on and it is destructive. It's a time waster and it's it's it really is a um, it's toxic in your life. I think God has given each of us a personal sense of drive. Like we don't want to coast through life. We always want our life to be better than it is. And I think that's a healthy to want and I think it's something that God has imparted into all of us so that we don't procrastinate and we don't remain we are to have a drive that says I want to do more I want to be more I want to see more I want to experience more because in God there's always more we should never be just satisfied with how life is right now Where we've got it wrong is instead of looking to him and to his word and seeing what the more can be, we have started to look at each other and Mm -hmm. we're using our passion and our energy, our imagination and our drive, comparing our lives with our sisters and it's actually stealing. It's stealing time from us again, what we've already Mm -hmm. alluded to. But also it's God can't God can't progress you when your eyes are on somebody else. If you, if your eyes are on someone else, then they're not on him. Yeah. If your eyes are looking over the fence at her garden, then God can't busy, be busy bringing fruit into your garden because he can only work with you where your attention is at, where your focus is at. And I am a firm believer of this that you can be drawn to what other people have going on in their life. I know there have been Christian women in ministry that I have looked up to, Mm -hmm. that I have learnt from. But I learnt this very early on, that actually if I become envious of what they have, 
and the gift that is on their life, then I will only ever hinder, slow down and destroy what God wants to do in my life. And the best way to look at it is to lean in and learn and then just ask God the question, Lord, am I drawn to this because there's something on their life that you are wanting to to rise up within my own life? Mm -hmm. Am I attracted to what they're doing because it's something that you're wanting me to do? Is there a portion of anointing that sits on their life, God? Would you give me a portion Mm. of that anointing? Because, Because chances are that's what it is. But if you look at it through the wrong lens, you will look at it through the eye of jealousy and envy rather than being inspired and encouraged to get up and do that with your own life. We become critical and we're like, who do they think they are doing mm-hmm. that? And the other way of looking at it also is, you know, when when, when we're at the gym, we see people lifting phenomenal weights. <laughs> now, if I'm jealous at the weight that they are able to lift and I want that weight, it's going to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> because I am not Ready. either built to lift that weight or I've not trained to a level where I can lift that weight. And it's the, a gift and calling from God. It's a weight. It's a responsibility on your life. And so you can be jealous all you like at what this girl's doing and the opportunities she gets to do X, Y and Z. But if that weight was on your life, maybe it's the grace of God that you're not doing what she's doing because it would kill you. Yeah. So much to digest. (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. You've given us so much stuff in this podcast. I have learned so, so much. So thank you. But hey, let's finish off. I think it's always good to finish off with an encouragement to the girls listening. Emma, speak encouragement to the girl listening today who feels called for something, has a dream, but the wait feels so long that she's almost given up and she's just lost hope in it. Let's speak some encouragement to finish it off. Okay. If you're in the wait in the WAIT, it's because he's getting ready for you to hold a weight, a W-E-I-G-H-T. And so the longer your weight the greater the weight that he's going to bring onto your life. Do not get frustrated. Do not get, get, give up. You're in the training right now. You are going to be going through some refining fire experiences because God is looking for the pure gold. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not always about um, God, the people that you're going to reach. It is about the people that you're going to reach. God's timing is unbelievably perfect and he knows the right time to bring what you need into your life and to establish you and set you up and position you and whatever it is he's got for you. But if he were to do that when you're not strong enough, when you're not refined enough, it will kill you and it will crush you. And he loves you too much to be able to do that to you. So don't ever stop dreaming because the other word for dream is hope. And while there is hope, there is always a way for God to move. But the minute that you give up, that you stop dreaming, stop hoping and stop believing it will ever be for you in your lifetime, then you've just shut the door on God being able to do anything ever. So, yeah, while you're waiting, 
you know, he's going to carry the weight. I love that. Well, girls, if you've loved today's wisdom and encouragement, then you know what you need to do? You need to book onto Braveheart Conference because there's so much more wisdom and encouragement to come your way at conference. We are gathering in the ACC Arena in Liverpool on the 24th and 25th yeah. of May, and we want you there. Head on over to our website, book your tickets, invite your friends, invite your girlfriends, invite your mothers, your sisters, everyone. We want to see you there. But girls, until next podcast, take care and we'll see you soon.